Well, good afternoon to you. This is Alan Seymour, your host for the future of sport here on All In Sports Talk. Very delighted to welcome as my special guest this afternoon, Leisha Hawkins, who is the Regional Head of Operations uh, at the England and Wales Cricket Board primarily for participation and growth. So that's a wonderful title, Leisha. Tell us a little bit about your role there at the ECB. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Um, yes, we do love a job title here at England Wales Cricket Board. Um, in essence, my role is um, I'm the sort of sole responsibility for the holistic health of cricket participation in my region. So we have seven regions in the participation and growth team. Mine is London, uh, as I like to put it, the biggest and the best. Um, so that encompasses Middlesex, Surrey, Kent and the London boroughs of Essex. Um, so we have about 23, 24% of the current playing population. Okay. Um, clearly with a huge potential to, to develop that and drive further growth um, and main sort of pillars, if you like, for participation or the growth of cricket in, in London and across the country this year are um, five to eight-year-olds with our new All-Stars Cricket Programme, which was launched a couple of weeks ago. We'll be starting in around about 2,000 clubs up and down the country wow. um, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, women and girls, or women and girls cricket, so uh, women's softball festivals also has recently launched and we've had some fabulous support from um, our new kit supplier, New Balance, so New Balance are going to be looking after the England teams but are also going to be putting out some very cool uh, bats and stumps and pink softballs, like Incredibles, for these uh, women's softball festivals that we've got going on up and down the country. Um, and also um, sort of last players, and, and I guess we're really celebrating everything that is great about the local cricket club and uh, we're going to be hosting um, Cricket Fest which is going to be held over um, one weekend it's really up to the clubs to decide but it'll be one weekend over the course sort of mid-June to mid-July uh, where clubs will pick a weekend to um, either sort of hero perhaps if they're an all-stars centre perhaps having a, a women's softball festival perhaps having a, a NatWest under-19 T20 fixture if they've got a, a team in that uh, perhaps hosting a, a, a sort of short format 2020 game of lads and dads or even indeed mums versus daughters um, right. hopefully as I say we're going to get a number of more women and girls into the game this year probably down through the softball route but um, yeah holding all that together and um, all things to do with umpiring and scoring and engaging with our leagues and our clubs and, and helping our clubs to develop um, and, it, and it all sort of falls to me in London so uh, it keeps me busy but I've got a fabulous team around me and, and loads of support as well from obviously the guys in the centre here at, at ECB um, but yes yeah, exciting times for us. Leisha I mean this is audio this is the power of the spoken word and the voice and everything else but it won't have gone unnoticed it certainly hasn't on me and I'm sure the same will be true of my audience when they get the chance to listen to this great interview with you that one of the things that is so so striking and it always I believe comes out very strongly in sport is that passion and that delight and that pleasure in seeing the sport grow and, you know, you referred there a, a stat, 23-24% coverage of the seven uh, regions, seven parts of your region, and London particularly. The growth of 
uh, cricket per se, but maybe more so the growth of women's cricket, if you like. What kind of benchmarks or any benchmarks have you set? Because it was presumably at some point, I mean, I can go back, I think, about 15 years. It's frightening I can go back and think about this. But my daughter started playing cricket uh, at school for Kent. And in, I remember in those days of going to watch a few matches, you know, it almost seemed that it was a sprinkling of, of women actually playing cricket. So has that changed dramatically, I suppose, is my question, Leisha. Yeah, hugely. Um, you know, I have my, my own experience. I was, uh, I was 17 before I picked up a bat. Wow, I was watching yeah. cricket when I was 9, 10 years old, and I, I still couldn't tell you why. I think it might have just been the theme tune from back in the day. And, uh, <laughs> fascinated by uh, these 13 men in white, or 15 if you include the umpires, sort of standing in a field and kind of slowly work the game out for myself and, and sort of developed a, a mild obsession with it, but just as a spectator and, you know, when I was at school it, it, it wasn't a sport for girls and it was it was even really odd when the local cricket club came to the first level hockey team at school and said, well, we're going to set up this women's section, would you like to play? And I guess, if we're really oh. honest, we all kind of got together and went, well, there's going to be beer and boys there, so of course we're going to play. <laughs> um, but that, you know, that was really by chance that at 17 I got an opportunity to play, and then I was lucky enough I went to Durham University wow, and yeah. played a half-decent standard of cricket there. Obviously, there were the likes of Andrew Strauss playing cricket for the, the men's team when I was there. Um, so, uh, you know, got a, got a great opportunity, but yeah, really, I was still the exception rather than the rule, and it's, it's amazing now, you know, just anecdotally, I can walk into the indoor school here at Lords on a, a random Tuesday or Wednesday and you'll see, you know, eight, nine-year-old girls playing against eight, nine-year-old girls. And, you know, it is definitely a sport for girls, isn't it? I don't, I don't know that we really even talk about boys and girls sports. No, I, if you don't mind me interjecting that, I think that's a great stopping point, almost a segue point, because I think that point is so, so crucial. You know, sport has to be inclusive sport is for everyone and the more people like you the more opportunities that dialogue and discussion and lots and lots of stakeholders getting involved and kind of this involvement this natural involvement and exciting involvement i want to just touch if i may as the interview progresses here at least you're on a point that you made about getting support i mean it's great to see you know i have had over the years some connection uh with uh, the english hockey and and the way that's grown and various sponsors Investec I could pick out as, as a key one there and they are so so important to enable you know from the top to the bottom and also in many ways from grassroots upwards as well to start to develop and you know innovation comes to mind with some of the things that you've talked about some of the kind of using influencers or ambassadors or players all of those comes come together what do you think is special maybe about New Balance I know New Balance of I've been involved with, with my own football well I say my own football club if only the club that I support uh, Liverpool so New yeah. Balance and a bit like Investec I think they've chosen very smartly to my uh, in my mind to put themselves against growing sports evolving sports and finding little niches for themselves so tell us a little bit about the connection with New Balance if you can Alicia Sure, so they're going to, they, well they have already come on board, we're, we're literally launching the, the shirt in a few hours time um, 
and they are going to be the kit supplier to all England teams, wow. so men's and women's senior teams, the under 19s, all our disabilities teams. I believe all the captains are going to be on stage showing off the shirts, uh, including, as I say, the uh, the England disabilities captains as well. So I think that already gives you a real sense that you know they are in it for the whole game, and and you know sort of really sort of hitting that nail of inclusion and inclusivity um, you know they've been very interested in the women's game uh, Charlotte Edwards former England captain yeah. for the women um, was a New Balance ambassador you know they, they really um, treated the men and the women in their stable very equally um, and they've uh, in making the women's kit I believe they're the first um, kit supplier that we've had that have actively gone and made women's cuts even for the elites yeah. you know they, they haven't just put sizes and just made them wear smalls. Okay. Um, so. I, I think that again, you, you know, just this is just such a fascinating interview for me and, uh, you know, kind of having grown up, you know, alongside lots of sport, but I have grown up quite often or along the way against women's sports and it's really so gratifying and without sounding patronising to really, really push this through and to see these innovations that are happening. Do you feel, uh, and I, I mean, I, in no way am I going to ask you anything that's kind of, you know, to use a cricketing metaphor, the fastball here or the curveball, but, you know, I, I was just listening to an interview earlier on today and another passion of mine is golf uh, and I was listening to uh, um, a Ryder Cup or a, a guy who actually uh, I know reasonably well from his golf, Andy Sullivan, and they're talking now about this new format called Sixes uh, in golf, a two-day tournament rather than a four-day. They're playing in greensomes rather than you know a, a normal kind of um, score. You know, a, a full um, yep. sort of um, round of golf, as it were, where they have four individual rounds. Do you think that you know 2020 is now cemented in cricket per se? But do you think that your role there or women in sport and women's cricket is going to have to go that way or is it going to go that way with a difference? What are your perspectives on this, Leisha? Um, I think, you know, certainly if we sort of look at women's test cricket or even just multi-day cricket, okay. you know, there really isn't anything played uh, domestically. You know, we still have, have tried to preserve at least one test match for yeah. England women play Australia women for the women's ashes um, but the reality is um, multi-day cricket for women um, grassroots and upwards and even as I say on the cusp of England isn't played okay. um, so it's going to be very difficult um, to sort of preserve say test cricket I, obviously there's a whole debate going on yeah. about whether men's test cricket might exist absolutely yes I hope it does as do all of we all of us I'm sure at ECB um, I think limited overs as a whole, you know, whether you're male, female, whether you're you know, 16 or 30, I think is the way to go. And, and, and 20 overs seems to be in that sort of sweet okay. spot, if you're part of the pun. So yeah. I think just naturally, um, women's cricket, as far as limited overs goes, will focus you know, on particularly 20 overs moving forwards. I do think it's the right format, both for playing um, and for watching, actually, and for the broadcasters. You know, you know when it's going to be over, you know there's <laughs> going to be a result, and it's probably going to be pretty exciting, and there ought to be a lot of fours and sixes hit. So I think, naturally, that's where we're going to go, but I, I don't know that that's specific to women, um, if 
that makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and I mean, it almost, and it's a nice little segue here to go into a kind of other th- uh, continuing theme in the interview here, Alicia. Uh, a nice little sports marketing initiative here, maybe, uh, without wanting to play on words, that perhaps your new sponsor as New Balance is doing that exactly and trying to find this balance almost between the traditional, the test cricket and everything else with somewhat newer stuff. But you have to try and preserve tradition, heritage and all that goes with a great game, which clearly uh, cricket is. Moving on a little, the sports promotions or the sports marketing element as we, as you know you know we've been introduced to each other uh, via social media as much as anything and I, I came back from a, a, a sport and entertainment marketing conference SEAT last week at Twickenham yes, I, I oh fantastic well and, and that's what we're about the global village and in fact I'm going to make a cardinal sin here but I you know I, it is my show so ca- perhaps I can own up slightly I met one of your colleagues and mentioned your name he knew you very well he said you'd moved on into a different division department and for the life of me I just can't recall his name at the moment but he sat in on quite a number of the workshops and was particularly very positive very vocal and very supportive of how good social media had been in presenting the case for you know the growth of cricket he was one of the senior IT guys or IT um, operators and we, we, we're actually going to set up a, a discussion on maybe using a case study from cricket and social media so I'll keep you posted on that one because I'm currently writing a textbook and doing some conversations with key influencers in the business and cricket I think will be a fantastic case study uh, and you've already indicated that to me in the short interview and with some of the uh, the details that you've given there I want to ask you a question here, if I may, Alicia, that I saw uh, uh, an article recently that Adidas were going to use. uh, They call them ambassadors in a way, but they call them key influencers um, in in women's sport. And they're going to kind of do this uh, forum and this uh, promotion built around some of these key people, key influencers. And rather than do maybe traditional advertising per se, they're going to very much focus on this in a kind of endorsement and, and, and using, not celebrity, because I think that's sometimes a, a poor word to use but maybe the role model and maybe the the way in which these influencers can enable younger people and more importantly the growth potential in the future. Do you have any good examples of any kind of uh, influencers or I mean you mentioned Charlotte Ed- Edwards earlier but are there any plans to go down this route similar to Adidas for your sport? Oh, I'm certain. Um, you know, the, the, the growth of the women's game and, and, as you say, the sort of celebrity almost of, of a few of them. Um, you know, I've just seen it myself. I was in the commercial department at ECB for, for four years. Okay. Just in that short time, um, you know, I would like to think I had a small part to play in it, but it just it grew up so quickly, the women's game, and, and just the interest that, that they were getting. You know, Sky Sports have a, a relatively minimal um, contractual obligation as far as um, showing the women's game on Sky, but, you know, they far exceeded that. They took every game with the women's ashes, and, and just that exposure, I go back to my, you know, normalisation phrase, um, you know, seeing the girls on TV, seeing them on social in particular, and, you know, they are very accessible, um, and, you know, they have great personalities, and, you know, just being able to unlock that, I think, you know, the next natural progression is obviously having them 
doing something that may not actually be sporty. As I say, I think the most important thing for us and what's worked really well, um, you know, whether it's just been ECB marketing or whether it's been sponsors using them, you know, Waitrose, obviously, former team sponsor and shirt sponsor, Kia, obviously, coming on board. Um, they want to, you know, be more recognisable and they want to be stars. It's, it's sort of gone the other way a little bit with the men. I think we have some fabulous yeah. personalities now with the England men's team, um, but the access to them is clearly limited because of the um, the demands on their time, you know, particularly the playing schedule. So um, I think it, it's a natural progression. There's a few, as I say, that are really keen to do more media, and I think you know when people do see them, whether they be sponsored, whether they be whether they be the sort of man or woman on the street, I think people are, are often pleasantly surprised with the level of intellect and the level of of wit and just you know their sort of general enjoyment of their life. And I think they realise you know that they are very lucky to be doing what they're doing and you know to be paid to be professional athletes whereas a couple of years ago they were just doing it because they loved it and they just happened to have very uh, understanding employees yes. uh, whereas now their life as I say has changed very quickly um, and I think that energy you know is a very uh, attractive thing to sponsors and I think it's something that you know is a really positive role model for, for young girls now as well so I, I hope so and then obviously we have a women's world cup in England and Wales this summer so you know if we can get to the final and hopefully beat Australia with a six off the last ball I think that would probably be a greatness as well do you see, I know this again, using the metaphor again, this might be the curveball rather than the straight ball metaphor. Do you see women wanting to go into cricket as a career or the professional pathway? I remember, I'm, I'm not going to try and use this per se as a case study, but Jenny Gunn, who I'm sure you'll probably yeah. know very well, um, kindly uh, accepted an invitation I gave to her now again time passes by it's, I'm sure it was probably at least three years ago to talk to my sports students at the University of Northampton and she was fantastic and came in and the students were particularly encouraged by lots of the things she said but she wasn't, I don't think, totally professional at that time. And she almost talked, I mean, I think Waitrose were your sponsors then, who have been great for cricket, obviously. But I just wonder, not as a, as a comment here about professional sport and professional women's sport and or the sponsors involved, but, you know, is there sufficient uh, opportunities to get the most out of all of the things that a sponsor might be looking for or equally on the other flip side, what maybe a professional career aspirant sports person might want to, you know, go into? So it's loaded a little bit, I know, Leisha, but what are your views on that particular aspect of professionalisation of cricket and the role that perhaps women might take up in the sport? Well, sorry about that, folks. I seem to have momentarily lost uh, Alicia, but I know she's back now. So tell us a little bit. My question, essentially, Alicia, was professionalisation in women's sport. Uh, can it be achievable, do you think? Uh, yes, of course. You know, we are making it work on a, on a daily basis. It's, it's a steep learning curve. Um, you know, there's a, a myriad of stakeholders involved, certainly in cricket, uh, and I'm sure in many other sports as well. It's not just us, it's, it's the other boards. You know, Cricket Australia in particular have been um, one of the leading.
leading lights in, in cricket, certainly, and, and the professionalisation of the women's game there. Okay. I'm sure others will follow, but, you know, we need everyone to go with us and, and get a, a proper future tours programme. We need other boards to get sponsors on board. We need other boards to, you know, sort of put in extra sort of infrastructure um, into their domestic competitions, obviously, to try and sort of close that gap and, and, and make, you know, global events very genuinely competitive. Um, I think on a domestic level, certainly for cricket, you know, we are we are getting there with the domestic structure. I don't think we've cracked it by any stretch of the imagination, but again, we've done a lot in a very short space of time. Um, Kia Super League, we're going to have domestic women's cricket on uh, live TV for the first time ever this year. Again, with thanks to Sky Sports and going over and above their um, contractual obligation to put domestic games on. Um, and other sports, I'm sure, could do the same. Um, you know, rugby uh, for the women are getting there again. Uh, football, clearly, with don't think we ever try and compare ourselves to football whether it's men's or women's <laughs> game the amount of money that flows around in there and just the amount of people that play um, but you know you look at the individual sports and they've obviously had individual tours and, and very highly paid athletes um, you know for many many years so I don't see why well organised team sports can't follow but it, it does take a lot of people and a lot of people pulling in the right direction and, the, and for the common goal I think Lisa that's a beautiful response and a kind of nice little segue into some summary comments that I want to make the positive and the uh, the way you can tailor things and your referrals there I think to other sports rugby yeah you've talked about football there's probably too much money in football but that may be a personal view but I think some of the comments that you make here I want to ask one kind of final summary type of question you made a comment earlier about almost wearing your previous commercial hat Going forward, what platforms or what kind of marketing initiatives do you think work best or would you suggest will be used a lot, lot more uh, by, if you like, not putting it as a governance question to the ECB, but perhaps some of your own uh, viewpoints on this. I had a discussion quite recently about social media, ills and, you know, all and the benefits and some of the demerits almost of social media uh, and perhaps... You need authenticity. You know, you don't want to sanitise all the athletes, but with contractual and sponsor obligations, does that detract a little bit from personality profiles and promotions? What are your views on some or all of those things, Leisha? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think social broadly is where everybody's at. You know, everybody well, I know, I only carry my wallet, my phone and my keys. And, yeah. um, and generally I use my... Well, probably use my wallet just as much as my phone. <laughs> you know, that's where you go for any level of news, for any kind of level of interest, for sharing your ideas and your views. Um, you know, Instagram, I'm probably too old for Instagram, but I know the kids are on that. Likewise, Snapchat. Yeah. And, and as you say, I think done well, it's brilliant. Um, I find following some athletes, well, particularly footballers, it is clearly written by somebody else and it's the same old droney stuff you get in the post about interviews about um, last game, etc, etc, you know, great to get the win today, dot, 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 um, you know, it's sort of like Autobot social media, so I, I think done well, um, but policed to some degree, and, you know, obviously not letting people um, slip themselves up or be slipped up, um, I think it can only be a positive thing, and then, you know, we can get into the whole sort of rights discussion of, you know, Twitter and Facebook, obviously, you know, buying up um, big rights, but, you know, looking at 
challenger sports and how they promote themselves. You know, everybody now can be a broadcaster if you've got a YouTube account. Um, you know, and I think that will be fascinating. Um, and esports as well. I mean, we haven't even sort of touched upon that. I just think it's utterly crazy that you know that many people would turn up to watch some kids playing computer games. But you know, whatever gets people out of bed and whatever you know drives people and you know makes that brings the passion out in people, um, you've got to go where they are. And if that's say on mobile phones and iPads, etc., then then that probably is the future. But who knows? You know, a couple of years ago, Twitter wasn't really that big a thing, and it's exploded, and it'll all sort of go in peaks and troughs. I'm sure. So. Um, whatever it is, I hope I think of it first and I hope I get the copyright. Leisha, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sadly, like all great interviews, and this has been a great interview because it's not only been fascinating, but it, it's been, we've, we've got... F- you know, we've got loads of touch points here, and I think in a summation there, your reference to all kinds of platforms in social media, like your reference earlier, into all kinds of sports. We go where it's at, we're living that, and I think the passion and the intensity uh, and the exactness of lots of the uh, opportunities that exist, and it was nice to hear as a final close, you know, the future of sport is where we all want to be. And obviously, with my show and themes, uh, so do I. And I'm sure we both will in the future. So many thanks today, Leisha, for being my very special guest on all things England and Wales Cricket Board. Just give a final shout-out, if you would, or some contact details. How anyone interested in cricket, the women's game, any of the issues that Leisha has brought up today. Uh, obviously, you can contact me, Alan Seymour, at Sport Marketing one here on All In Sports Talk, Future of Sport. But how can we also make contact now with you, Leisha? Well, I'll give you the social media answer, obviously. I'm at Leisha Hawkeye. My first name is L-E-S-H-I-A. So it's at Leisha Hawkeye, all one word, on Twitter. Please do follow. Apologies in advance for the pictures of the cat. (laughs) Leisha, no apologies needed on my show. It's been great interview. You have a wonderful week and have a great season, you know, out on the square, as it were, and we wish everybody at the England and Cricket, you know, England and Wales Cricket Board the best of success in the future going forward. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Thank you.